Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this Scottish Football Betting Podcast. I'm Selectibet and I'm joined as ever by our very own Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Doing good. Good, you had a good week so far? I have, actually. Um, we finished July off really well and um, August's gone to plan so far, so been a very good start to the month. Um, no coincidence because Scottish football's back. Yeah, I was going to say it's great, isn't it? <laughs> it um, is. just, to, just to have some normality back in your life again, uh, have the Scottish football back on a Saturday. And uh, yeah, we did pretty well on the podcast last week, which we'll get to in a minute. But for now, uh, we're delighted to be joined by the founder of the only online bookmaker dedicated to Scottish sport. It's a big welcome to Paul Petrie from McBookie. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, very good, Paul. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Um, we'll get a good chat to you about uh, all the games this weekend as we go through them. Um, I think it's been about five or six months since we've had you on the podcast. How was uh, how was Euro twenty twenty for you guys as a as a bookie? Yeah, no, delighted with how it went. Um, bad result in the final, but obviously that was uh, that was muted by the fact that England didn't didn't win. I mean, Italy were well backed at eleven to one, and then. The fact that Italy won on penalties was a was a big loser for us, but all the bookies will have been happy that a lot of the the knockout stages went to either extra time or penalties. So mm-hmm. that was obviously good good for the bookmakers. Bad the fact that that Scotland didn't manage to pick up a, a victory or progress in the next round. But you could imagine that was also a good result for for us because everybody was uh, was back in Scotland to win all their games. Even against England, I mean, I was watching that game against England. I'm thinking a one-nil victory here is going to be an absolute nightmare for the for the firm, but absolutely fantastic for for the fans. So it was a, a real real tricky watch when you're watching Scotland as a as a bookmaker. Obviously, we always want them to to win, but you know it's going to cost you money. Yeah, well, nothing if not optim- optimistic as Scottish football fans. Uh, I'm curious to find out a wee bit more about how Italy winning in penalties. Did you say that was a good result for you or a bad result? No, it was a bad result because we had that as one of our tartan top-ups at Italy ah, to win penalties. Right, so even though right. we managed to to make money on the game by by ending as a draw uh, after 90 minutes, the, we had that as big a level. It really, was, we were either going to lose money on the fact that Italy won in 90 minutes or we were going to lose money on, on Italy winning on penalties. So... Um, an England victory again would have been would have been a fantastic one for the firm. And you're sitting there with them winning one nil, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I think we'll want Italy come come back and <laughs> come back and win this. So it was a yeah, but overall it was a good tournament and great to have Scotland back in the the major championships. I mean that's what we've missed for so long. That was the first one that that we've ever had since McBookie have been in existence. Yeah. So it was a it was a great experience, uh, great experience to be involved. And uh, and uh, and I managed to to sneak to one of the games as well. I managed to get the tickets, but unfortunately, it was for the for the Croatia game. So we had a we had a time at half time when it was one all, where we, we all felt we were going to go on and get the victory in the second half. But um, usual Scotland let us down. Yeah, it's definitely the hope that kills you. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've got Scottish football back, Paul. Uh, we had our anti-post podcast last week, and I was just wondering where you sit as a firm. What's your biggest anti-post loser at the moment, or? ahead of the kickoff last weekend Kelly Harps is our big loser unfortunately right. I mean we were the first firm to go up with prices on on all four leagues so we really set the, the bar for for all the other bookmakers and it's really tricky when you've got to be the first firm to go up because you've got your idea of a price that you think 
you think they should be, but you also don't want to be too short in the market, even though you think the, the teams that you're putting out should be a little bit shorter because, A, you don't want to, to mark everybody's car too much, and, and B, you've you, you've got to offer a little bit of, of value at the beginning of the season because because anything can happen, and you wait mm-hmm. until the first couple of games go in before you, you really t- start taking scissors to it, and then you, you accept the fact that... Um, that your original price that you had at the beginning of the season was was probably correct. And then what happens as well is that we put our original price up at, for Kelly Hearts at six to four, which which in hindsight now is is absolutely massive. Um but you you look at that six to four and then two weeks later you're eight to eleven, but then you're actually top price at eight to eleven and then you're laying it at eight to eleven, which yeah. obviously you don't mind laying it at that price, but you you just don't want to be, it then, aren't you? Yeah, you don't want to be top price because you've you've already been been the original top price at, at the start of the season. So I think we've got that one wrong. Uh so obviously it'll be interesting to see how they got on on this season. Um the rest of them are really just just hackers. It's it's Rangers, Kelly, Cove and and Kelty, if all, all four of them won, then then we're in a bit of bother. Um, in terms of singles on on the other two, the two leagues to championship and, and League One, it's it's well spread out. So we we don't actually mind who wins that league from a from a single point of view, but it's mm-hmm. the multiples. And anyway, with all the the anti post bets, it's the multiples that you're you're really worried about anyway. Yeah. So yeah. so that that that's the key. People are then throwing in Man City a short price, Bayern Munich. Uh, Juventus, so that sorry, St. Johnson, no, <laughs> no, St. Johnson, if oh, not, gee, right. <laughs> no, no bets on them yet for the for the title. Um, so that's that's how it works. Anti post, you really you you wait until you get to around Christmas time before you really start worrying about your liabilities, and then you look at them and think, right, where 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 might things go go awry? Do, do we need to make a hedge? Uh, do we think we're we're going to be okay? So so far so far we're we're just keeping an eye on Kelly. They're they're the one that we've we've got to worry about overall. And when you talk about being first to market for some of those prices, is that something that you're keen to do, or is it something you're reluctant to do? Or you know, is it is it the stage where you're trying to get first to the market in order to move up some of the money? I mean, Auntie Post isn't a huge huge. Uh, market for for any bookmakers there's only a certain type of customer that that has a bet on on anti-post betting so you've obviously got to to take that into consideration that that, that there are only a certain amount of customers that that want to have a bet on that your normal saturday once a week punters sure they want to know the price on a particular team but they're not necessarily looking to have a a long-term bet because they Mm -hmm. don't want to don't want to tie up their their money for for six seven months of, of the season they like to have their bet on saturday and, and then get their winnings on 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 that particular day. So you're aiming you're aiming the anti post market at, at a certain a certain audience. But nevertheless, you can't position yourself as a as Scottish bookmaker and then not go up with the the markets first of all because mm-hmm. that is our area of expertise. Yeah. So we we need to be first out with them. We want to be first out with them. And simple facts are, and is the whole reason we set up with bookie. If we never put them up. You'd be waiting until the week before the start of the season before any of the other bookmakers priced them up anyway. Exactly. I think with Kelty as well, obviously Kelty coming up from the league below, it made it a little bit more difficult for you to price that up because we knew they've got a decent team. They obviously beat Preakin in the the playoff to come up, but you've got nothing to base that on against how would they get on against Edinburgh City, still in Albion. So it must have been a difficult one to, to price up initially. Yeah, it was, the, it was it's the new signings that have actually made them better than than... Than what 
normal what you would normally think. I mean, if it was the Kelly Hearts that, that played against Brecon in the playoffs, where let's face it, they, they really struggled to 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 make their mark on it. There was yeah. a, there was a time when Brecon were were really in really in uh, into the second leg. Um, I think it was nil nil for a long period of that of that second leg. So if it was a team that that got, that Kelly Harps got up with last season, then you'd happily lay them at, at six to four, uh, seven to four. But they've signed Joe Cardell, for example. Well, he's I mean, a great, he's, he'll be there. He's far, the season, yeah, he's far too good for for League yeah. Two. I mean, could definitely still be running about in the Championship. They signed the the, the centre half from from Dundee as well. So again, well, she's not in Joe Cardell's class. He's clearly good enough to play to play at a higher level. And the boy from Rangers too, didn't he? Yes, yes, um, but Jonas. So they've, they've, they've got, yes, yes. So they've got, they've got, they've made some, made some good signings, and also the transfer window isn't finished yet. So it looks likely that they'll make some, some more signings as well. So that's where you're betting blind to an extent because you're, I, I can't even remember if Joe Cardell has signed for them by the time we we priced it up, and that's also another annoying thing with the, the transfer window now no longer being at the the, the start of the season. I mean, we're yeah. trying to price. We're trying to price up top goal scorer in the in the, the Premiership. Yeah. It looks like Morelis will be staying now, but the top two in the betting are Edward and Morelis. Well, there's every opportunity that both them could be sold by the time. Yeah, they're... we spoke about this last week, so I think this bit was sixteen to one. Now that sixteen to one looks very attractive if both of those players leave. Well, and also people are back in this bit thinking Celtic might end up with them as well. Yeah, yeah. So my uh, sorry, Paul. My question about being first in market was kind of loaded a wee bit, and it wasn't just about the anti-post, I suppose, because one of the things that we've kind of touched on in a podcast is just how slow bookies seem to be to price up some of the Scottish markets these days. And I don't know if that's a kind of fallout from COVID, you know, staffing issues or whatever. But it certainly seems like Scottish football's kind of taking a wee bit more of a backseat as far as some of the major bookmakers are concerned. Are you noticing that as a trend? I mean. It, it... It always took a backseat, as I say. That was why why I originally set up McBookie in, in the first place because I noticed that there was a that there was a reluctance to offer offer certain markets, even especially for us as well, the non-league, which is which is huge for us. Yeah. So that there always yeah. has been that reluctance. I do think the COVID situation hasn't hasn't helped matters just mainly because you don't know if games are going to go ahead or not. There's, there's teams that are that are dropping out with players and and games are getting. Games are getting called off, so there is that reluctance as well. Um, what I'm about but, to say may shock people, but in, to be fair to the bookies, since the season started, they've been pretty good. I must admit, we've had prices out for the Scottish Premiership what a full week before the next week's games, and we've pretty much got full betting now and full pricing in all leagues in Scotland, and it's now what Wednesday night. So yeah, it's not you, bad. It's not no, bad you would normally they, they they went up on Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon for League yeah. One and League Two this week. Once the season's well underway, I would imagine they'd be back to to being up on Monday. Yeah. And we spoke about it earlier, Greg. I mean, some of the bookies have still only got a certain amount of markets on at the moment. I know you you'll come to it later, but there's a particular market that we're offering this early in the week that. That, that people have been backing already, whereas some of the other bookmakers haven't haven't actually offered that market yet. So, so there are opportunities for when with firms that are offering the whole array of markets. Where Bet365, for example, have only got twenty nine markets available mm-hmm. on on League One. Fourteen on Tuesday, two. wasn't it? Fourteen Tuesday, and they've bumped it up to twenty nine. But twenty nine still for them is nothing real. Twenty nine, yeah, twenty nine for them still still poor. So, so I mean that'll again. You'd like to hope that that'll change as the, as the season goes on, but. Again, 
what are we saying about the anti-post? That's the same about uh, about punters who bet earlier on in the week. A Saturday yeah. punter isn't actually caring what price uh, the a, a team is on a Monday. In fact, they have no intentions of ha- having a bet on a Monday. And probably about 90% of Bet365 customers won't even know when the prices go up because they'll only look on a Saturday anyway. And as long as the, the, the markets are there on Saturday, then then they're happy. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest thing in terms of my channel, in terms of the work that I do, is about getting that early price. And I would say nine times out of ten on a Saturday afternoon, I'll beat the opening price by some way. I think once we review last weekend's games, for example, there's massive, massive differences between the opening line and the closing line. And I still can't get my head around why people put their bets on on a Saturday morning. Um, albeit, I was there myself probably a long, long time ago, waking up Saturday morning putting your bets on. But realistically, you should really be doing it at the very earliest opportunity you can get. Yeah. But again, so that's the, the the different audience that that are listening to different podcasts, isn't it? The guys that listen to your podcast take their betting seriously, so they're looking for for best price. I mean, a lot of my friends don't even know what best price is, so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing that you've got to to realise. And obviously, it's not time to to discuss this, but when you're talking about bookmakers uh, limiting customers again. 95% of customers will never get limited. And why is that? Because they're better on a Saturday morning, Greg, when the yeah. when the market's more mature now and the fact that, that they're not looking to, to take prices. They'll take a price at four to one when others are seven to one because a lot of punters aren't price sensitive. And whilst I appreciate that you guys are, are looking to, to, to mark up the, the punters' cards with best price, there are still a lot of customer, customers who bet for enjoyment. Yeah, and whilst they, yeah. whilst they want to win, um, it's not about, oh, I could have got seven to one there when I'm only getting four to one. They're using a firm that they're comfortable with, that they, that they like, that's down the road from them when they're betting in the shop. All these things have got to take into consideration. And I think that's and a lot of the times the people who, who are really serious about their betting forget that that's how the, the market the market is orientated. Yeah, and I'd like to think that if, if nothing else on this podcast, that we've achieved some level of, of education for for people who listen to the podcast and maybe have kind of changed their habits in terms of getting their bets on early, getting those prices. And as you said, Greg, last weekend, there was a few examples of, I think, Kelty were one of them um, on their opening day of the season, which they obviously won. Uh, yes, yeah, so we four to five to score two at home to Cowden Beast. And I think that went off just just below one to three, I think it was, come three o'clock on Saturday. Um, so yeah, massive, massive difference, and that that'll be the story for Clyde. Sorry for Kelty this season. Um, there'll be a massive difference between opening price and closing price pretty much all season. Yeah, so it was a good opening weekend for us on the podcast, Greg. Do you know what? I, I couldn't have gone any better. To be fair, um, we had obviously podcast friend Ed McDonald on. He got a treble up, so I think his Rangers to score in both halves, Hibs to win. And Aberdeen to win came in at eight to one. Uh, my Kelty Hearts to score two, four to five came in. Partit Thistle, the love of my life at the moment, just keep on producing <laughs> winners. Partit Thistle, uh, they scored two and a three-two win at home to Queen of the South. Um, we also talked about Dumfrieland goals at Morton. They scored two at eleven to ten. I think I highlighted Albion Rovers, very big price at seven to two to beat Edinburgh City. Yeah. And that was in the fact that Edinburgh City were 8-13, to 13, which for me was just a criminal price for a team away from home in League 2 on the opening day of the season. Mm. So it was nice to see that land. So the only watch in the mark was really Clyde. 
So a big apology to the Barton fans. I wrote off the Barton this season already, and they've gone to Broadwood and they've pumped them 3 0. So well done, the Barton. Yeah, and uh, I will also throw in the Rangers 2 0. Your favourite, yes. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it feels as if I've been trading off that one for, for long enough this season. But uh, first just... after the season came in as well, so it wasn't shared in the podcast, but it was shared in the channel. It was Hearts to get four corners against Celtic on Saturday night, and they got six in that 2 1 victory. So, again, that's a market, as you know, I, I'm a big, big fan of as a team at a, a big price, and you tend to get a very, very generous odds on a four or five corner count. So, they bought to that this season as well. Yeah. Um, apart from a, a betting point of view, what else did we learn the opening weekend of the season, Greg, anything to keep an eye out for? Yeah, well, I think so. So, very interesting to see the volume of cards in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah. Quite staggering, really. Um, Dundee got five cards. Ross County got four against St Johnston. I think Motherwell got five cards against Hibs. Hibs got three cards. Um, I also think Kilmarnock v Air was eight cards in that match. Finished three to five in, in the end. So, it's the first weekend of the season, and I don't think we've ever seen as many cards as that before. So, keen to see how that, how that pans out as the, as the weeks and months go on. But I guess in terms of the Scottish Premiership, no real surprises, really. Aberdeen won, Hibs won, all at decent prices, I suppose. Uh, no shock that Dundee St. was a draw, I suppose, as well. Ross County, Nelson Johnson, nil. Again, probably not a surprise there. But having travelled to that match... Um, I think St Johnson should have won the match, missed a penalty. Ross County obviously didn't have a great pre-season, missed quite a few games due to COVID, but they worked hard. But again, they gave away a lot of fouls, so keen to watch out in Ross County cards this season. They're at Hibs on Sunday, which I'm keen to look at. And even Hearts beating Celtic, I don't think that was a shock. I think the Hearts price was backed right in, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, no, definitely. It was, uh, I think it was about six or seven to one at the start of the week, or certainly when you were talking about prices being available a long time ago. Um, I think it might even been as big as nine to one um, when when prices first came out. But yeah, went off around a seven to two, so um, very popular. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good time for for Hearts to be playing Celtic. Um, we'll, we'll touch on Celtic in a second, but obviously they've strengthened their squad. This week, likely they'll strengthen it a wee bit more. Um, so we'll touch on them very shortly. Uh, anything else just before we wrap up on last yeah, week? Yeah, in terms week, of the championship, I think it's going to be a fascinating league. I really do. It's so difficult to call. I, I do expect Kilmarnock, Dunfermline and Patrick Thistle to be podcast friends this season in terms of goals. Um, no surprise to see Brian Graham score at the weekend. He'll score probably well into double figures for Thistle this season, maybe 15 plus. Goal machine. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Obviously, they've got Tiffany as well. Yeah, they've got uh, Zach Rodden too. Dunfermline have done a lot of good business in the transfer market. They've got Dorns there, and, and Tordorov will probably be up there as well in terms of top goal scorer. He's had a great start since he signed from Inverness. League One, another fascinating league. I know Paul was talking about money being spent across Falkirk, Queens Park, and Cove, but again, it's difficult. To, it's going to be really difficult to call. Um, Kelty Hearts, as we obviously said as well, for Division 2, League 2, um, will be the, the main team to back this season, I think. I think it's very, very close. And I think in last week's podcast, we also said about just the sheer number of transfers between sides. I've never seen anything like it. So many players just flitting between clubs in the same league. Quite remarkable, really. Um, we need to get the, uh, 
near his toe poke on to discuss that one night. <laughs> yeah, he knows his stuff when it comes to the, the Scottish transfers. Um, okay, we're going to have a wee uh, wander through the Scottish Premiership first and then we've got a couple of bets in the lower leagues that we're going to have a look at this weekend as well. Uh, only two games on Saturday this weekend with uh, so four Scottish teams in uh, European action Thursday. So games have been shifted to Sunday. So first couple of games on Saturday, Dundee uh, United v Rangers. There's already been some doubts over the appointment of Tam Courts at Dundee United. I was just looking at the start of the season they've got. So obviously they lost at Pataudry last weekend. They play Rangers this weekend at Tannadice. They're then away to double cup winning teams in Johnson. Um, and then they're home, home to Hearts. So it's a fairly tough start for the new guy in the hot seat at Tannadice, isn't it? Oh, it's really tough. Um, I still think we're all quite amazed that he got the gig at United. Mm. And obviously we shouldn't. Marcus Card before the season's underway, but I think he's could be famous to go at some point. I know we've only played one match, but I just think it's a bizarre appointment. It's the cheap option. We discussed it in last week's podcast. If they get turned over by Rangers on Saturday, it's not a very good start to the season. Um, Shankland, big question marks whether or not he will still be there or not. So I think the rumour mill today is that he's due to leave, possibly. He's in his last year of his contract, so... Money-wise, if United are being offered £500,000, which has been labelled today, I think Ipswich and a Belgium team have possibly come in for him, then you fully expect him to go. I think United could do with the money. Um, but he's a massive, massive loss. One thing you don't want to lose in the second day of the season is your top goal scorer, yeah. and essentially your prize asset, who has only got a season left in his contract. So I, I think it's looking ominous for Dungeon United. So they're 11-1 on Saturday uh, Rangers 2-11 uh, I haven't even looked at this match in terms of an angle I think it's just best left alone to be fair uh, I feel as if I've often done that with Rangers because it's just so hard to squeeze some value out of them um, are you finding you take a lot of money on the Rangers games at the moment Paul? Yeah definitely not just on them to, to win the match but the, the handicap betting as well mm. that late goal to make it make it 3-0 against Livingston at the weekend was, was yeah. a nightmare for us because yeah. People are prepared to be back in the minus one and minus two, mm. uh, getting more value with a with a minus two than the minus one. So, handicap betting for us is is more important than the 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 match betting per se. Yeah. But of course, with the games being on the TV and the betting and running, then the longer the game goes, uh, and the, the, if it's nil nil, then Rangers get to even money odds on. That's when people start backing them again. So there's. There's there's opportunities to 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 back Rangers at bigger prices as the as the game goes on if it if it's in play. But listen, I mean, although Greg again saying two two to nine two to eleven for for Rangers, that'll not stop people putting them in their accumulators. And again, yes. we'll always come back to the point we were making making earlier. Oh, what did you put them in your racket for at such a short price? <laughs> because that's what that's what punters do. They want to add up. Uh, the racket to make it to make it worth a little bit more money. Obviously, it's the early kickoff, so it's the, the golden rule: don't put a, an early kickoff in your in your racket. But uh, but they'll be they'll be they'll definitely be in, in in most accumulators this weekend. So we'll always be looking for for Rangers and Celtic to to, to drop points. Uh, I don't likewise. I don't think it'll happen happen this weekend against Dundee United. I mean, we've we've got Tam Courts as the the two to one favourite in the. The sack race, which is which is actually the first manager to 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 leave their post. So I was just um, about to ask you that very question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an obvious an obvious pick for them to mm. to, to be the favourite. 
I mean, he's already getting getting slagged off with the interviews that he's been doing. He's getting touted as the, the next Ian Cathro. So, I mean, the Welsh presentation shouldn't be um, the number one thing that, that fans are looking at when when uh, they're judging a manager. They obviously should be judging him on, on results as well. Unfortunately, how you come across does play play an impact in it. And when he's doing interviews on, on, on Dundee United TV saying that he thought that Dundee United edged the first half, then... No matter what the score ends up, with, you're going to put yourself. You're going to put yourself under pressure with with uh, with comments mm. like that. So he's definitely under pressure. Not in this game. It's a free swing. As long as they put in a decent performance, if they get hammered five six nil, then obviously that'll put that'll put pressure on them. But if they if they put in a performance where the they get beat one or two nil, then I don't think that'll have an impact on on. They've got a decent result. enough start eleven United on their day. It's a decent enough starting eleven, but I wouldn't say as much depth to that squad. And obviously they lose Shankland. Interestingly, just going back to the corner markets, Dundee United are eight to eleven to hit three corners on Saturday, which I don't think is a bad place to be fair for a team to get three corners at home. And um, they hit six at Petardi last weekend against Aberdeen. Obviously the Rangers have the lion's share of possession, but something I'll keep an eye out um, throughout the season is these sort of games against the old firm. Yeah, there's always a, there's always a chance that you get two quick, two quick corners in succession. Corner. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, isn't it? Most corner ends headed corners. out again for another one. Perfect. Yeah, the thing that it seems to be frustrating the Dundee United fans it's it's they're meant to be aiming for youth, but they're still not playing too many of the young players. So as as somebody says, you don't mind getting beat from Dundee United if you are going down. A, get beat from Aberdeen if you are going down that, that route of, of playing the youngsters. But there's still the, the the older players who are who are playing as well and they're and they're getting beat. So I don't think Dundee United know what they're what they're doing yet with their with their strategy. Um and I think that's why why Tam Courts will be under pressure. Okay, so a fairly routine one I think for Rangers uh, on Saturday, that's the early kickoff at twelve thirty. And I'll just might as well throw in that McBookie have Rangers to win to nil at four to five, uh, which is always worth uh, a look. <laughs> Any week we'll manage that on the podcast. The other game on Saturday is Hearts visit to St Mirren as we touched on Hearts had a really good time to play Celtic last weekend. Celtic in a bit of disarray. Hearts took full advantage of it, a two-one-one, and I guess there, I think it was five thousand fans at Tynecastle will feel that the Jambos are back, Paul. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean it's great that fans could start coming through the door now. I mean, I think from Monday they were saying that they'll be getting full full stadiums back as well. I don't think too many councils will be will be too keen to to be restricting restricting fans now. Um, Good result for for us on on Saturday with Hearts winning um, twenty nine to twenty for a victory against St Mirren. Um, I think there's probably value in St Mirren there at, at nineteen to ten. I think St Mirren will have a have a good season. I've been impressed with the, the signings that that they've made. Um, it's not a game that I would be be too keen to get involved in. What I will say is that whilst it's great that there's so many Scottish teams in Europe now, it's an absolute nightmare from a betting perspective because there's less games on Saturday and more yeah. punters like to have a bet on, on Saturday and, and, and it gets confusing when they're, they're seeing the, the coupon and they're, they're seeing that there's only two games. So that, that's slightly disappointing from a, from a betting angle that, that so many games are on, on a Sunday rather than a Saturday. But if it means more Scottish teams in, in Europe, then... Then it, it, I That'll think it's probably, probably last a good thing. At the end of August, and it'll be back to normal. 
That's very true. Uh, Greg, are you similar thinking to Paul that the value lies with Samirin here? I, w- I wouldn't like to pick a team in this match. I think the two sides have had a good start to the season. Um, St Mirren have recruited well. Speaking to Dev about the way they set up and the way they play, lots of corners. So I think we spoke in the podcast last weekend about St Mirren corners, six plus the evens at Dundee. They got 11. Um, Hearts hit some great numbers in their games. They got six at home against Celtic on Saturday night. This is a match for me, all set up for corners. And it's a, an app for me that I've shared on the on the channel. Yeah, I've, I kind of think that is probably a game to avoid from trying to pick who's likely to win it. So it's good that you're looking at alternative uh, opportunities this one. I'm pretty sure if we had Dave McDonald on the channel, he'd probably be championing St Mirren in this one. Um, he would be champion Connors, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, St Mirren should take confidence in the, the draw at Dundee last week. They're at home. They don't at home sit they're a tough team to beat. They don't lose many goals at home to be fair. Um but yeah, I'd take a very brave man to try and pick a winner out of those two. Especially after Hearts' the uh, victory last weekend. Yeah, I always remember my old grander, God bless him, used to always say never back a team that's uh, the game after they've they've beaten either <laughs> side of the old firms. That ring a bell with you, Paul, you're laughing away there. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case, isn't that? Um, when when a team's on a high and you're expecting them to win then that's All normally right. when they when they end up slipping up, isn't it? That was, that was always his take, so that would be my, my word of caution for anyone out there who fancies a Hearts win at the weekend. OK, on to Sunday. Uh, we've got Celtic v Dundee. Celtic, obviously, in uh, Europa League action on Thursday night. And they've added a couple of players to the squad. We should probably see Joe Hart in goals. should see Starfield um, in defence and possibly Furuhashi up front. James McCarthy is going to be a wee while before he's probably in the Celtic squad until he gets back up to fitness. Uh, anything other than a Celtic win is going to be a complete catastrophe here, Greg. Oh, I'm not being done at 10 to 1. <laughs> you get 11 to 1 at McBookie. Is it? Perfect. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I can't see anything past the Celtic win, but <laughs> Dundee will go there as a free hit for them. Um, Dundee look like they score goals this season. They're five to six to score Dundee, so not suggesting they'll win the match, but I would not be surprised if they managed to nick a wee goal. Um, I think getting a goalkeeper in is massive for Celtic. It's been an issue we've known about, spoken about quite a lot, and for some time. Um, I'm interested to see how Joe Hart does actually. Imagine he throws a ball in the back of the net in his first match. <laughs> so, a very good signing, but also interesting to find out, and to be honest with him and McCarthy, probably two players that are commanding pretty decent wages. So, I think sort of have gone out and probably spent a bit of money on these two. I know their fee transfers and loan deals or whatever it is, but they won't be shy of a few uh, pounds per week anyway. But yeah, I think uh, I think Joe Hart's on 15 a week, which isn't huge money. For Celtic, I don't think James McCarthy was a free agent, so I'm not sure where his his wages fit in. But um, I don't think either of them are really breaking the bank, to be honest. But I think they do add some real kind of experience that the Celtic squad's currently lacking at the moment. Yeah, they, they had to get something anyway. And obviously, there's still a few weeks left of the transfer window. And as you say, there's players coming back and making their debuts this week as well. So, um, what's the capacity for Celtic Park on Saturday? 20, 25 maybe, 20 plus anyway, yeah. So that'll always help as well so yeah you've got to imagine that'll be a Celtic win but I wouldn't be surprised if Dundee scored Yeah and I guess another one Paul that will be popular on the handicaps despite Celtic's current form 
Mm, I don't know. I think people will be just happy enough with them on the with with a victory at one to five, putting them in their their accumulators. I mean, I think we're talking about they'll, they'll put Rangers in their accumulators. I mean, I think if they're going to be leaving anyone out, it will be Celtic after the their performance in uh, against Hearts and obviously their their performances in in Europe so far. Again, this will be one where in play if it's still nil nil after twenty five thirty minutes and you're maybe ending up getting. Four to six for Celtic, then mm. then it'll be it'll be worth a play. Um, I mean, I don't know if any other bookmakers will will have uh, have a price on it. Obviously, we're betting on on all games in the SPFL for cards, but Charlie Adam to pick up a card against Celtic, um, we'll probably have him at odds on. I would imagine certainly even money anyway. I mean, uh, I think that'll be a, a cracking bet and if you could get anything odds against with any of the other bookies then I'd, I'd definitely be looking to snap that up Yeah, for any known Scottish listeners who aren't familiar with Charlie Adam he's former Rangers player Charlie Adam um, so that's always an angle that we try and look at Greg isn't it when we've got maybe former Celtic Rangers players playing against uh, their old rivals Absolutely Andy Howard he was a great example in yeah. um, yeah, absolutely but... criminal that he wasn't booked or sent off in that match it was a horrible, a for, a, horrible, horrible tackle. A former Rangers player that's that's so slow around the, the middle of the park and is always always <laughs> catching people. I mean, he'd be he'd be a good bet against anybody. Any team, that's true. That's and if true. he was actually he was actually booked on Saturday for celebrating a goal in front of the in, in front of the St Mirren management team. <laughs> so I mean, you're picking up you're picking up cards for, for for things like that. Then you've you've got a great opportunity. It's interesting you were talking about the, the cards and I think it's something we need to keep an eye on, Greg, as to whether having fans back in the stadium is contributing to the number of cards and if that's going to be a trend that's going to continue compared to the numbers that we've seen last season. Well, I think initially we thought that the referee would hear the shout or hear the player scream more <laughs> um, with there are no fans being there. But I guess as well now, you've only got home fans there. So yeah. it'd be interesting yeah. to see for the, the away side Mm-hmm. Um, some scenarios where they're put the foot in, and you've got four thousand home fans shouting at the referee uh, to give a booking. So definitely something I'm keeping a very, very close eye on. Um, there could be a little spreadsheet set up for each side, uh, home and away, on on the booking front. And I think as well, it's a very competitive league, especially in the bottom half. So teams like Motherwell, Ross County, Livingston, um, when they play each other, there's not much between the sides. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll probably be keeping an eye on. But yeah, it's always good to get a an ex-old firm player playing against the other side. Yeah, we also need to factor in the, the quality of Scottish referees as well. I see Bobby Madden getting it in the neck for his European performance this week as well as his <laughs> performance at Tynecastle. So yeah, Scottish referees' reputations are preceding them wherever they go these days. Um, OK, so yeah, again, Celtic very, very short, 1-5, Dundee 11-1, but I think this looks like probably Ange Postacoglu's first win as Celtic boss uh, in the Premiership. We've got Hibs at home to Ross County. Hibs very short at 8-15. to 15. Fantastic, oh. fantastic win for them at the weekend, um, coming back from being 2-1 down uh, at Motherwell. And what was just a really good game. I don't know if either of you guys caught much of it. I saw some of it, yeah. It was a cracking match. Really, really entertaining. Um, end-to-end, lots of goals, lots of bookings. It really was a cracking match. I was expecting it to be a little bit tighter than it was, actually. But if you can see more of those games this season, then not all the better. Yeah, Paul Hibbs justified yeah. at 8-15. Yeah, I think definitely, definitely. Although, again, 
you've got to remember they're, they're playing in Europe. Um, it, it's always difficult backing a team who's who's played in Europe on the Thursday night. Um, you know what I'm going to say here, don't you? St. Johnson won the cup. Oh no, that's later on. <laughs> um, Hibs at one to two at home always give me the fear. Yeah. And it also gives Hibs fans the fear. How many times in the podcast have I said this last season? When it comes to Hibs being at home and they're massive favourites, how often do they go out and Hibs it and end up getting beat or draw? So one to two, I can understand why it's one to two, and I think that's the it's the correct price. I just don't think I could have the trust to back Hibs at that price on a Sunday. And as Paul said, after a very tough European game. So they'll probably be quite popular again in Akers Hibs. Um, what I'm interested in here, though, is Ross County in terms of cards. They'll go here looking not to lose. They set up at home against us on Saturday not to lose. Lots of cynical fouls. They work very hard as a team, to be fair, Ross County, but I can't see them getting much of a result on Sunday, but they will try and break up the play. Martin Ball, for example, he'll probably be fouled seven or eight times, I'd imagine. Um, on, on Sunday so yeah. I think Ross County cards it's a really good shout just not sure yet what sort of odds we'll get I think Martin Boyle was the most filled player in the Premiership last season should yeah. I get that should I have yeah, that I little nugget was. watching the game on Sunday uh, so another reason to, to have a look at the card count for Ross County on, uh, on Saturday uh, Sunday Easter Road uh, Paul any angles on this one for you? No, I mean it's not a game that I'll be be getting involved in. Uh, I mean, as Greg says, Hibs will be will be in a, a lot of the actors on on Sunday. So any any result for Ross County will be will be good for us. Okay, Doug. Now, Greg, you spoke about Hibs probably being a, the right price um, for their home match against Ross County. I wanted to, but one team that definitely looked like the wrong price this week were Aberdeen, um, who were as big as twenty one to ten at the beginning of the week to win at Livingston. Yeah, so this was highlighted on Sunday at about 3 o'clock, probably just before their kick-off against Dundee United. Um, I must admit, I could not believe my eyes <laughs> um, when I saw that price. Um, there's no logic as to why Aberdeen would be such a big price at Livingston. Factor into the fact that Aberdeen look a much better outfit already this season than last season. Last season was the end of an era, wasn't it? It was an end of a long slog under McInnes. They've got yeah. Stephen Glass in, they've got Scott Brown in, they've got some decent signings there. Um, and the season started really well for them. Obviously, a cracking result at home in Europe. Obviously, they lost the second leg, but the hard work was done by that point. And a really professional 2 0 win, quite a comfortable 2 0 win, I would say, against Dungeon United. So, for them to go to Livingston, a team who they essentially own, I think we spoke last year on the podcast, Aberdeen's record against Livingston's outstanding. I think it's something like no defeats in 22 games or something like that. Well, they did, they did get beat last season, but I think that was the first in a long, long time. And that was during Livingston's just incredible yeah, for them last Audrey. season. So, yeah, yeah 21 to 10 for Aberdeen against a Livingston side who I don't know how they'll do this season. I generally think they're going to struggle big time. They've made a lot of changes. It's been a massive overhaul in the playing squad. Lots of players out. And the players who've come in, I don't know much about them, I must admit. So I'm more than happy to take Aberdeen at twenty-one to ten on on Sunday. I think they're now best price, possibly eight to five. Paul, we spoke in a pre-podcast about various um, mispricing. I suppose is the best way 
to call it in terms of games in Scotland and stuff like that. And you kind of touched on the fact that although some markets go up and they are obviously mispriced, as a bookie, as much as you know it's mispriced, it's not always in your best interest to fix it. No, no. I mean, you've got to sometimes appreciate the the market price and uh, and and accept that sometimes you're going to lay it at what you think is the wrong price. Two reasons for that: one, you don't want to create arbs so that people could back both both sides and, and guarantee themselves a profit. That's not the sort of money that that you want to you want to take on a, on a particular game. And also, you want to offer good value to your existing customers and regular customers. So if Likewise, we, we thought that 19 to 10, 21 to, to 10 Aberdeen was too big. If, if we're putting them in at six to four, which, which is the price I think they'll probably go off at and it's probably the price that they should be, then any of our regular customers who, who are looking to back Aberdeen, they'll look on one of our competitor site and see their, their 21 to, to 10, 19 to 10, and, and they'll think, well, what's the point in backing them with with McBookie when I could I could back them elsewhere? So that's mm-hmm. the sort of those are the sort of two reasons why we've got to we've got to take take the the market price into consideration. I think that there's a an old adage in, in bookmaking: as long as everybody's wrong with a the price, then <laughs> it's the it's it's the right price. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the a lot of the national bookmakers do think that. Certainly with with Scottish football, the amount of times I flagged up to. To, to someone, obviously we we we're a white label, so we take our prices from from third party bookmakers. But whenever we've sometimes flagged up flagged up a price and saying that it's wrong, they'll look on odds checker and say, well, it's it's the right price with everyone else, so mm. we'll we'll leave it at that. Thanks very much. So they're not they're not really interested in, in getting the right price as long as long as everyone else is is wrong, and the market will move that. And obviously you get the Nowadays, the Asian money is so so big as well that a lot of the times they'll just wait and see where the, the Asian money goes before before worrying about the market. And that, that comes back to, again, about what we're saying about early prices. The, the, the bookmakers aren't going to lose massive amount of money if they get the price wrong on, on a Monday on a Monday evening or on a, on a Tuesday morning, it's what price are they laying on the Saturday that's that's going to determine the sort of the sort of weekend weekend that they have. Sure, the punters who are back in early in the week will cost them money, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at the the the, the weekends the weekends profits or loss, not much of that is going to come from your bets that you've taken on a on a Monday and Tuesday. So that's why they, they do put some some thought into the bets that are taking place on on that particular day. I know. Oh, you're saying, Greg, that you like to see if you could if you could beat the market. I mean, some people were actually trying to to beat the market and and being able to then cash out as well. So they're mm-hmm. placing their bets yes. on the Monday and then and then cashing out on the Saturday. Uh, I mean, that that that's just not the right sort of tactics to to, to place your bets on. Sure, you want to beat the market because because you want to beat the market, not because you want to be able to cash out for a for a guaranteed profit profit come Saturday. And it's interesting you're saying about the market, obviously will correct itself before kickoff. This game in particular looks like it's it's almost already there. You're going thirteen to eight. Aberdeen, what price did you open up at? We were nineteen to ten mm-hmm. the, the original price. So yeah, yeah, that that'll they always end up coming coming back to the to to the right price. And that that's why again for me, see if you could beat the price on a Saturday, that's when you know that you're doing well. It's easy yeah. to beat the price not 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 dissing what what Greg does to an extent, uh, because because he's obviously very good at it and he knows when markets are going to move. But in theory, it's easy beating the price on, on a Monday when the prices prices first go up. It's 
the key to to it is can you beat it on a Saturday as well? And yeah. if, if you're beating that Asian market, then you're beating the the best punters in in the world. Yeah, we'd, uh, that's who we're all here, Paul. That's who we're all here in the podcast. <laughs> we had a, a fascinating podcast with uh, Colin Colin Cunningham last week, um, who kind of took betting by numbers to, to a whole new level and that's what he was all about was just beating the market price on Saturday that's when he knows that what he's doing is correct you know yeah. long, so you know you're not going to win every single bet but if you're beating the market more often than not then then you'll end up being profitable um, taking your bookie hat off and putting your punter hat on will you be having a little bet on Aberdeen at, at the prices? Not now would be back. I'm backing them with Greg's price at twenty-one to ten, but uh, I mean, I think I think the prices are probably right about now. Again, I'm always reluctant to, to back teams that have that have been playing in in Europe. They're they're over to Iceland and on Thursday is it? An, I mean, Man City, Liverpool, these teams that are playing in uh, in the Premier League when they play in Europe, they struggle. So you could you could believe that the the likes of Aberdeen, Hibs, and, and St Johnson will also struggle to play. To play games in quick succession, but more importantly, with the travelling. Yeah, which brings us on to the St Johnston game, Greg. St Johnston have got a very, very tough match uh, Thursday night in Turkey. Um, I think you're saying it's going to be 30 degrees or something like that as well. They'll likely be chasing the ball for <laughs> the best part of 90 minutes, um, and they face Motherwell on Sunday. I must admit, I'm absolutely devastated. I should not be, be sitting here yeah, at 10 o'clock tonight speaking to you. I should be in Istanbul in a bar, been absolutely steaming. That's what I should be doing tonight. <laughs> However, that said, um, yes, yeah, obviously a massive, massive game for us on Thursday. One of our biggest ever games, to be fair, especially in Europe. Um, but nineteen to twenty on Saturday for us at home. Um, I don't like the look of that. I think it's going to be a long, hot trip to Istanbul. It's going to be a very, very tough match. As you say, we're not going to have much of the ball. It's probably going to take quite a lot out of the players, I'd imagine. Um, factoring COVID, travel rules and all that stuff as well. Not ideal preparation. Um, Motherwell have had a full week's rest. I wouldn't be touching this match, to be honest with you. I will, I'll be at the match and obviously hope St Johnson win, but I would be touching it from a betting angle. Maybe Paul has a, a better angle than I could for this one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll be back in Motherwell. Uh, two reasons. One, I was actually really impressed with them against uh, against Hibs on on Sunday. We were saying it was a good game. I mean, I was impressed with the the, the way that Motherwell were set up. Uh, I thought they were unlucky to to not get something from that game. And coming back from a long trip to to Turkey, um, just uh, just at fourteen to five. I mean, if the prices were closer together, then I possibly wouldn't get involved. But St Johnson, even money after a long trip to to Istanbul, um, not for me. So pure value reasons would be on Motherwell. Yeah, I was quite impressed with uh, Van Veen. Thought he did a yeah. really good game on Sunday as well. He was like could be a right good addition to Motherwell. And Motherwell, it looks as if they could have goals in them this season. That's exactly what I was thinking. So um, even if you're not looking to back Motherwell to to win outright then to have a look at them to score two or more goals or or even just to score um, Motherwell to win and both teams to score I mean that's um, that's 13 to 2 so again that's that's probably worth a tickle mm-hmm. OK that's us covered the Premiership for the weekend we'll have a very quick look at some of the games further down the divisions um, into the Championship Greg you've already touched on Partick being one of your uh, favourite teams at the moment and uh, we're also kind of 
talked to Dunfermline up a wee bit last week on the podcast and both of them meet at um, East End Park on Saturday. Yeah, it's games of the day in the Championship. Um, two teams that I think will score a lot of goals this season. Defensively, I guess the jury's out. <laughs> Dunfermline lost two goals away to Morton. Yeah. That's the Morton side who couldn't buy a goal last season. And Thistle have conceded two goals at home to Queen of the South. So, I think for me, though, attacking option-wise, both teams have got goals in abundance in, the, in their sides. Obviously, we speak about Tordorov, who'll probably be one of the division's top goal scorers at the end of the season. Uh, Brian Graham, who I speak about every week in the podcast, along with Tiffany and Zach Ronan as well, will score goals for Thistle. So, this for me, these sides met in the League Cup about two weeks ago, and the Fremont won 4-2 at Furhill. So I'm not expecting another 4-2 at East End Park. However, I do expect both teams to score. And I think if that happens, I think over 2.5 goals in this match is a really good shout. And that's 10-11 to 11 with Betfred. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. I mean, I kind of spoke last week about the potential for Thistle to do back-to-back promotions. Um, I think they've got some really good momentum with them at the moment, part of Thistle. They ended the season really well. Um, they seem to have picked up again this season from where they left off. They have. They've got a nice mix of youth and experience. They brought in Cammy Smith, who's a good addition. The boy Mayo from Rangers too. So I, I think they've got a very decent squad, Thistle. I've tipped them to finish third this season. And I do expect them to be well in the playoffs come the end of the year. Um, so, Dunfermline as well, I've recruited Julie well. Um, again, I think we spoke about them on last week's podcast. Expecting them to be up there as well. Probably finishing just behind Kilmarnock. So, I think it should be a fascinating game on Saturday and I'm expecting goals. Yep. What's your thoughts, Paul? You on the same train there? Well, I mean, definitely what Greg's saying there about Brian Graham getting goals. I mean, we've got him in a um, six to one to be top goal scorer in the league, so I think that's definitely a good each way bet. I could see him definitely being near the top, top of the table in that particular uh, particular contest. But goals is going to be there's going to be plenty of goals in the championship all season. So I mean, I could imagine there'll be people doing both teams to score in every game over two and a half goals in in every game. As we were saying, the teams look so evenly matched, but not evenly matched that they're likely to, to play out nil-nil draws. It's evenly matched in the fact that there's going to be a whole host of high-scoring games, as proven by the, the four-all and the, the Wraith Rovers-Hamilton game at the weekend. So um, I could just see I could just see very difficult games to call in terms of in terms of match winners. So that's why I think uh, I think the angle this season will just to be focused on accumulators over or goals. Draws accumulators over the over the the five, five games. Yeah. How many games are getting played and, and just trying to just trying to. I think you'll you'll land you'll certainly land the both teams to score more often than accumulator on on all championships games more often not. If you could get that in with an over two and a half goals maybe every third or fourth week then you'll come out you'll come out the season on top. Yeah, 20 goals in the first five games in the opening weekend isn't a bad start. And you touched on that uh, remarkable draw between the Hamilton Ackies and Wraith Rovers. Ackies were 4-0 down with 40 minutes still to play and they managed to pull it back to, to 4 each. So who knew Hamilton were going to be the great entertainers of the Championship? I think they might be, but I think defensively, I think they've got a very young team. I think they've gone with youth this season. And I think we spoke last weekend, um, I've probably got Hamilton to finish mid-table. So there could be quite a lot of games this season that Hamilton are involved in that are high scoring uh, for, for both sides. Yeah, 
But it's very and difficult though. It's only we're only one week into the season and we're just trying to suss things out. It's gonna take another four or five weeks for us to get a real feel for it anyway. Yep, and just as we record the podcast, we've just had a message from Div McDonald. Um Kelly at even money at Queen of the South on Saturday, surely two big gents. <laughs> well yeah, Dis- I think, discuss. I think, right. <laughs> I think he's right. I think we said at the start of the podcast, um, in terms of the championship, um Kilmarnock probably do like the only other bet in this league this weekend. Looking at the games, Air VR Broth, Hamilton Morton, Inverness Wraith, three really tough games to call. Um, but Kilmarnock obviously cracking his out against there. A match I would say they dominated. I think they got twelve corners, Kilmarnock. They won two 0 Um they're a decent shout evens to win this match on Saturday. Yeah, and but again, if... sorry, just on that note, I'd probably rather back Kilmarnock to score two. And that's probably a, a play I'll do more often than not than teams to win. Mm-hmm. Paul, anything else in the championship catching your eye? I was definitely impressed with Kilmarnock uh, against Ayr in, in midweek. Um, I'll be looking to take on all teams who are big prices in this league, just purely because what we're saying, that there's, there's not much between them. So if I'm looking for, for value this weekend, then it'll be Arbroath 2-1 and, and, and Morton just over three to one against against Hamilton. Not because I think that they'll particularly win, but I just think that that in mm-hmm. this this league there's so little between the teams that that if you're getting a, uh, over two to one on a, on a on a team in this league, then I think I think that's that's worth a worth a bet. Obviously, not like the Queen of the South against Kilmarnock, where you're you're looking at Kilmarnock and you're thinking, yeah, they, they'll they'll be positive. So it's not just a case of of always taking a team over two to one. But I think in these games that are, that are look like they'll be really tight, um, I, I think there's there's value in, in going for the outsider. Mm-hmm. Moving on to League One, it might be a wee bit um, less competitive, but still um, at the top of the table, it looks like a three-way battle between Falkirk, Queens Park, and Cove for the title. Um, Queen's Park and Cove meet on Saturday and that could tell us quite a bit about where the title's going to end up this season. Yeah, it's very early days. Um, even what, despite what the result's going to be on Saturday, um, I still think it's not going to give us a great indication. I think in terms of the market prices at the moment, obviously Falkirk, Queen's Park and Cove lead the way. I think Cove are now favourites. Uh, that's been swings and roundabouts so over the last two or three weeks. But to be fair to Falkirk, they went to Cove last weekend with a depleted squad, a lot of players missing due to COVID, and they fought out a one-all draw. So they're not they're obviously a full a full-time team, Falkirk. So it's interesting to see how they got on over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, match of the day in League One, definitely uh, Cove Queens Park. And I wouldn't like to call a winner in that match. I think Cove with home advantage and the players they've signed in terms of Shea Logan, Vigers, Draper, etc. And obviously Mitch Megas and McAllister scoring goals, um, you'd probably have to just edge towards Cove for that match. Was uh, Cove's, sorry, yeah, Cove drew with Falkirk uh, last weekend, Paul Balls of Queen's Park drew with East Fife. I take it those two are good results for you from an ACA point of view? Yeah, definitely. Cove are actually away from home this week, Greg, so they're 21-10 to 10 to, to beat Queen's Park um, this weekend. Not sure if that'll change your opinion on, on who, who you think Yeah, it probably win. does actually, sorry, I thought Cove are at home. Um, no. Yeah, it probably does actually. I think Cove aren't great travellers, um, so I guess for me now it's definitely a don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting game because 
I mean, Queen's Park have been backed into favouritism for the league with some some bookmakers. I think a tip and line must have put them up. I think a few few of the guys on your site as well, Paul. Um, quite keen on them, yeah. yeah, we're we're quite keen on them. So um, they 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 went from five to one, uh, five to two with, with some bookmakers. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they've obviously spent some money as well. Um, not as much as Cove, but um, five to four to 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 beat them it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how it goes with the the the, the league betting after after this particular game but coming back to your original question yeah cove slipping up and, and queen's park slipping up was a that really made our weekend um those two those two results knocked out i would probably say 90 percent of the, the accumulators we do special enhanced uh, accumulators each um each week and cove were the mainstay of of those um, and and with them slipping up, um, then it, it made it for a for a good weekend. Great again, and using how Falkirk are shaping up this week in terms of the squad. No, nothing yet. Um, it's definitely something we'll hear about Thursday, Friday. Uh, but I'd imagine most of the players should be back, either training or playing this weekend. Um, I think I wanted two of them to Peterhead. Uh, Peterhead have actually impressed me this season so far. In terms of the Betfred, sorry, the Betfred Cup, I keep calling it the Betfred Cup. But I think for me, it's, it's always going to be the Betfred Cup now. The Premier well, Sports Cup. Of course, St Johnson will be the last of our winners <laughs> of the, the Betfred well, Cup. We'll, we'll touch upon that later on. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think one or two is a bit, it's a bit short. It's, it's a bit of an unknown at the moment for for Falkirk. And like I said, I'm Peter Head of the OK actually, so they'll be a very popular ACA pick. I'd imagine, Paul, but people probably don't understand or appreciate what's been happening at um, Falkirk this week or last week. Yeah, it's been another week though where the players have been out of isolation and they'll be back to training. So I don't think I don't think they'll have any excuses from 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 that perspective. No, personally, though, I just think Falkirk four to seven this early in the season just looks a, a little bit too short. I had them a shade of odds on. So for me, the value is Peterhead. Like yourself, Greg, I've been impressed with the the start of them. We had them as probably favourites to finish bottom uh, yeah, with, them, <laughs> with Dumbarton uh, in this particular league. But they've actually started they've started well. They've been impressive. Um, again, as I say, I like backing teams in these lower Scottish leagues that are, that are over two to one, three to one, and to get nineteen to four on on Peterhead um, double chance market. On the handicap plus one plus two, I think there there could be some value there. Anything else in that league you want to have a look at, Paul? Before we move on to league two, well, I mean, taking the exact same the exact same advice, East Fife at four to one to beat mm-hmm. Alloa. Um, we've just stated there earlier that the the drew with Queens Park, which was which was a good result. Again, they've been reasonably impressive in the in, in the cup so far. Um, some some decent performances, but Alawa have just been awful. I don't quite get the, um, the the kind of buzz about Alawa. To be fair, in terms of the pricing, Paul, I think Alawa look like they'll struggle this season. But at the I start of the season, though, I think they were second or third favourites to to go up. I think I think I think the problem here is that you're it, it's just the the British bookmakers just looking at teams getting relegated and then putting them into the <laughs> yeah. the, the, the position of where where they'll fit. I mean Hamilton Ake is second favourite as well for 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 the the championship because because they've came down they've not they've not taken into consideration well what were the squads like how would they perform in the yeah. in the the league if they were in it, in it last season. Um, 
I just think that I think a four to one East Fife is 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 a decent bet, and I think that as you say, Alawa won't be troubling the judge when it comes to to the title at the end of the season. I think one team that we should mention actually is probably Montrose on to Clyde. I think Montrose obviously had a terrific season last season, and they've gone to Airdrie and won three 0 last week, which is probably the result of the week in that league for them to go to Airdrie and win three 0 they're at home to Clyde, a Clyde side who were brushed aside by Dumbarton 3 0. So, 4 7 on Montrose looks like it could be a very popular pick uh, based on last weekend's games. Okay, moving on to League Two. Um, and we said last week, Greg, this league for probably the remainder of the season will be all about Kelty Hearts and trying to find ways of getting on Kelty Hearts. This week, though, probably could be the, one of the biggest tests of the season away to Stirling Albion, who Second favourites, I think, to go up behind Kelty. Uh, Kelty just showed shades of odds against to win at Stirling Albion. Um, you still keen to get on with the newly promoted side? Yeah, I'm actually. Um, so for, for this match, I think you're right. It's very early in the season for them, but it is their first big test. Um, I do think it'll be a very tough game, but looking at how Kelty have played this season, especially in the cup games, they score goals. And I think Nathan Austin will score 20 plus goals anyway. I think it's a, a good time to back them at a price we probably won't get again this season. So they're 20, so they're 11 to 10 to score two or more. Given the quality they've got on that side, I think it's worth taking on. Albeit they are playing a very good still on Albion's side, but I, I do think that Kelty Hearts probably have just a bit of extra quality in attack than still on Albion do. And the 11 to 10 on them to score two or more. Is, is worth backing. Paul, I guess you'll probably see a fair bit of money for County this weekend at those kind of prices. Well, I mean, we've come in to the point that we were mentioning earlier on the podcast about how, how a lot of the firms don't have these markets up, but I'm guessing Greg's already tipped that County Harps to score two or more goals because we've we've taken a whole host of money on that already. No one's backing them to actually win the game. They're backing them to, to score two or more goals. So that's a, that's our biggest loser in the in the game so far. But I think there was a there was a time earlier on in the uh, last season when you were getting Queens Park against whoever the second favourite was for the title. I think it was Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that it was the first time they played Edinburgh City away from home, and you were getting Queens Park at a similar price. And I think that that guys like Greg and the tipsters were saying, look, this will probably be the only time you'll get Kelly Harts at odds against for the the rest of the season. So make sure you take advantage of it. It is a massive game in terms of of how the title will go and it will be a real test to see if, if Kelty are the real thing because this is their, this is their toughest game this season. Stirling have have started the the, the season really well. Uh, they've had some good performances in the in the, the, the League Cup. Um, they looked pretty solid last week in the opening league game this season. They're not conceding too many goals. They look like they've got a strong, solid base there. They're, they've been the team that people have been backing each way to to, to finish second or third or, or potentially beat Kelty Harps in, in the league as well. So this is the real first first big test for Kelty. Nathan Austin missed out last week. Um, I don't know if he'll be back in terms of in terms of an injury. If he is, obviously that will have an impact on on Kelty's ability to 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 score goals. Um, by all accounts, Cowdenbeath were were un, unlucky. Uh, for a, a large part of the, the game last week, they missed the penalty when it was one nil. Um, 
so there was obviously that could have been could have been a bit of problem for those that back Kelty on on the handicap. But I just think that again, the fact that Kelty Hearts have spent so much money and everybody in Scotland knows that they've spent so much money, um, that's why that's that, but no, but that's why they'll be popular for for people to put them in their accumulators and the fact that they could get six to five as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is the reason that that they'll be popular? So, I would imagine they'll be the team again that we'll want beat uh, beat this weekend in order to make it a good weekend. Greg, you have already shared this bit. Is that correct? Yeah, that was shared on Monday, I think. No, Tuesday. Sorry, as soon as prices came out Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, there you sure. go. The man that mo- what, what about the man that moves markets? There you go. I knew it was new. <laughs> I knew it had to be. I knew it had to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, a new tagline for you there, Greg. Uh, okay, so it's Kelty over one and a half goals, and this one that's eleven to ten, or it was eleven to ten at Betfred. Uh, before we move on from League Two, Greg, we should probably mention Albion Rovers, uh, seventy-two winners last week against Edinburgh City. They're at home against Stenhouse Muir on Saturday. They're just eleven to eight to win. Uh, I guess, I guess favouritism is probably not something Albion Rovers are are particularly comfortable with. No, I'm expecting a decent enough season from Albion Rovers, much better than last season. And they've already started fantastically well after last week. Interesting to work out how the bookies calculated the Edmund City price last weekend. It must just be based on last season. Obviously, Albion Rovers struggled. But they came onto a game with the last, what, seven or eight matches, Albion Rovers? Yeah, and again, well. that's where we can kind of get a step ahead and get the edge over the bookies in these in, the, in these leagues by by looking at them and knowing how teams are playing. Um, the eight to thirteen in Edinburgh City, as I said before, was just criminal. Really, I uh, hope nobody backed them at that, at that price. Uh, but they're six to five. Bet three, six five to beat Stenhouse Muir. I'm not keen to take them at that price. Um, I don't know much about Stenhouse this season. I think they've had a huge overhaul as well in terms of players coming and going but I think it's a league where most teams could beat anybody on their day outside of Kelty um, so yes a bit sure I was expecting them to be a little bit bigger to be fair uh, Albion Rovers and one other match sorry Cowden Beath at home to Elgin as Paul said Cowden Beath performed pretty well against Kelty last week should have got it back to one all missed the penalty they're at home to Elgin now Cowden Beath are 17-10 to 10 to win that match Elgin are six to five favourites. Elgin, I wouldn't say are the best travellers. Um, my money here would probably be in Cowden Beath in terms of value. Anyway, certainly wouldn't be back in Elgin at six to five. I think El- uh, Elgin should probably be a-, a lot bit bigger than that. Yeah, just do Paul's job from here and tell me that you can actually get nine to five Cowden Beath at McBookie. There you go. So even better. Uh, Paul, anything stand out for you in League Two? Um, no, there's nothing actually. Um, I mean, coming back to Greg's point, I don't know how prices are, are priced up. Well, literally, it's done on the the league betting and, at this earlier in the season. So, the odds compiler has put in Edinburgh City as second favourites for the the league, and he's put in Albion Rovers as second favourites to finish last. So, he's he's put his price in at eight to thirteen, um, and and that's the sloppiness of the. Of the I love it, Paul. I must do. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, they drew one all in the in the League Cup. Edinburgh City hadn't had the best uh, the best of League Cup uh, game, so yeah, it was it was clearly too big a price. I actually, I mean, I backed it myself, but actually thought at one point the game was going to get 
called off because <laughs> the linesman pulled his hamstring, didn't he? Right, yeah. And uh, had the Albion Rovers player uh, taken the line and then Gary Naismith started complaining about it. So they ended up running the last 20 minutes with no with no linesman on one of the sides. So I was fr- frankly thinking, should I cash out? Should I cash out? Or what, what will I do? What will I do? There's no way that Edinburgh City are going to... Are going to lose, uh, score two goals, but uh, thankfully the game went went ahead as normal, and Albion Rovers ended up on top. Yeah, you can't beat a wee story like that from Scottish football on the opening weekend, can you? Well, there's plenty of them, Paul, isn't there? There is indeed. Every week, <laughs> Every week yeah, it's, uh, it's the best soap opera in town, I think. Okay, that's brilliant. Uh, I think we've covered just about everything for Scottish football this weekend. Greg, can you just give us a wee recap of the bets that you're on, please? Yeah, so starting on um, Saturday, I'll have a, an app from the St Mirren versus Hearts game, and that will be shared on, on the channel. I've also got Dunfermline versus Partick Thistle, over 2.5 goals, and that is 10 to 11 with bet 365. Um, also taking Kelty Hearts to score two or more goals away to Stirling Albion, and that is 11 to 10 with Betfred. And on Sunday, I'm taking Aberdeen at 21 to 10 to beat Livingston away from home. And that is with Betfair. Yeah, and they're all the original prices, which are probably going to be shorter by the time people get to listen to the podcast. Paul, what's your standout bets for the weekend? Well, the two that I like the look of are Motherwell at 14 to 5 to beat St. Johnson. And the, the two big ones are East Fife, I think are worth a go at 4 to 1. And Morton at thirty-one to ten, so all over three to one. Um, I think you just need to get one of them correct, and you'll 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 break even at least. Yeah, we'd make a nice wee Acker as well at those prices, um, or even a wee Trixie. I always like a wee Trixie on a Saturday with slightly bigger bigger price teams. Okay, good luck with those bets, guys. Thank you very much for your time tonight, and don't forget you can follow the guys on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Greg at Browning84Greg and you can follow McBookie at McBookie. Um, so make sure you're following those guys' uh, Twitter accounts. If you don't already have a McBookie.com account, then we'd recommend that you get one. You can join the Tartan Club where you'll get a £5 free bet for every £30 that you stake. Uh, obviously, T's and C's apply. See the McBookie.com website for all the details. Uh, and I guess that's quite a popular feature on the site, Paul. Yeah, definitely. The loyalty programmes are, are uh, successful with all bookmakers. So so that, that's one that, that we like to reward our, our regular punters. Well, we do regular free bets on, on the live games. We had a, a free match bet on the, the, the games at the weekend with the, the SBFL starting. So there's always, we, we, we like to think we've got good offers directed towards the, the Scottish yeah. football. So de- definitely worth, uh, worth having a look at. And and certainly from, from our perspective, the big thing for us this season and the, the thing we'll be looking to promote is, is the bet builder where we're the only bookmaker that's got the ability to have cards and anytime card and anytime scorers for, for every game in the in the SBFL, which which for us is, is, is a game changer because it's on the games that, that aren't on the TV. I mean, Aberdeen, yeah. Dundee United, for example, on, on, on Sunday, again, mm-hmm. Fantastic the amount of bets that we took on on that particular game on on the bet builder Kilmarnock Air United. Um, thankfully, it seemed although there was loads of bookings. Thankfully, it wasn't the ones that people were backing. So <laughs> we got we got away with it on. Harry Muirhead. 
<laughs> he was he was probably in most of them, but thankfully he never he never got booked. Uh, seemed to be all the Air United players that got carded, so anyone who stuck a, a Kelly player in there missed out. Uh, I mean, Hart Celtic, not one card in that game on on uh, on Saturday night, which was which was astonishing uh, for the for the bet builder. So no, it's a definite something that we're, we're we've put a lot of work in finally to get. I mean, it took us long enough to to get the bet builders, but now that we've got and we're often on all the all the games, it's it's great for us. And anyone familiar with Lake Pukul know that you guys specialise in the leagues um, below the SPFL as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been very tricky to price up, bearing in mind that there's been probably a year and a half of no of mm. no form to go on. I mean, last season, obviously, the Highland League only played three games. Um, the West of Scotland, the East region, the North region. North region didn't actually play any, any league games, so... Uh, again, we're talking about how we, what you're basing your prices on, Greg. Well, we're basing our prices on two and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Those set of circumstances will never happen again. But, um, well, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay, and also don't forget if you want more tips from Greg, then you should join his private Telegram channel where you can get daily tips. Just visit that, uh, gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up there. And uh, yeah, it's a great time to join the channel just now, Greg, with Scottish football getting back into full flow. Yeah, it's been really good, obviously. Um, the, the Euros was, wasn't great. I don't think it was great for any punters, but it was good for the bookies. But yeah, since Scottish football's returned to the League Cup and to the League starting last weekend, I think we're sitting at, what, 10 winners from the last 12 in Scotland? So long may that continue. Yeah, indeed. Okay, that's us for this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Paul for your time. Thanks, Paul. No worries at all. Good Hopefully to catch you guys. up. Hopefully catch up with you later in the season. And uh, thanks, Greg, and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Yeah, thank you and good luck. Mm-hmm.